37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a very, very special episode of Pixelated Paranormal. It's our seven-year anniversary special. I am Sean. I am wearing toe socks. And with me, as always, is the Yankee from Olympus himself, Preston. Preston, buddy, how are you? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocacoons and crocodingos, you skeletors and skeletons, your witchers and witches? It's your boy Preston. <laughs> oh, too much fun, too much fun. Yeah. And of course, we can't do anniversaries, we can't do special episodes without the help of special guests. So, joining us to help celebrate our seventh year of cruising down the old paranormal highway. Joining us for the very first time. <laughs> right. Why don't you uncover that screen, buddy, and reveal that beautiful face? The backseat goblin himself. With us. <laughs> the man returns. Look at this. This is high-tech <laughs> shit. Live. Live in I the know, mix. right? Fancy, yes, fancy, fancy. Big Steven back in the backseat, buddy. How are you? What's up, everybody? Just chilling. Overwhelmed with life, as always, like everybody else out there. Mm-hmm. Looks like we got some... Some people out there. A handful of folks out there watching. We just want to say hi to John and Lazarus and Kevin. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, now, of course, oh, Fire Pixie's on too, Groovy. Ooh, now, this is our this is our Ask Us Anything and Listener Story episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. As always, when we do these things, it's going to end up a two-parter, most definitely, because... If you guys got a sneak peek already, we did a live stream with Lazarus Corbeau last uh, last week as kind of a bonus episode, and that thing was 40 minutes in itself. I'll cut the audio and put that, of course, into our normal podcast, but that's going to be a little bonus. We're going to stick that audio in part two of this um, special, but on this episode, we got at least five questions and I think three listener stories to chat about, but as you're watching live... If you want to throw us a question, just hit us up. But yeah, this is a lot of fun, Steve. We've been doing these live streams, man, and we're so stoked you could join us. It's exciting times in the podcast world. Hell yeah. Hopefully my ugly mug isn't isn't breaking YouTube. And I'm gonna... It's just brightening the whole place up, awesome. baby. You just shine. And I'm going to do my best <laughs> out there for the YouTube to not mess with the algorithm by yeah. saying something I shouldn't. <laughs> Well, like we usually do, Steve-O, let's start off with a little bit of news. How about this, folks? Arby's, they have the meat, and they also have dead bodies in their freezers. A woman's body was found inside a walk-in freezer at an Arby's in New Iberia, Louisiana, back on the evening of Thursday, May 11th. The death was investigated, and it turns out to be a 63-year-old Texas woman who was also an employee. The Iberia Parish Coroner's Office identified the body as Noet Lee, 63 years old, but the initial investigation does not indicate there was foul play involved. The woman who died was an employee at Arby's in New Iberia, and her body was found by another employee, according to Arby's spokespeople. 
The situation like these is unusual, so we're taking extra precautions during the investigation. We pretty much have completed our process at the crime scene after completely processing the crime scene. This doesn't seem to be a homicide. It just seems to be like an accident. After an autopsy was completed on Friday, the department will, will know the cause and manner of death. So yeah, anyway, yeah, they don't know what caused the death. But they say it was not a homicide, so I don't know. Arby's, where meat is meat. <laughs> Soylent Green is people. Have you, when you guys worked at fast food, did you ever go into the walk-in freezer and worry about that? Yeah. Uh, I've never worked in fast um, food, so. Oh, look at when you. Fancy. <clears throat> look at you, pretty boy. Yeah, uh, fancy dancy. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the story of how I quit Burger King when I was like 16 involves the walk-in freezer. Um, long story short, my mom had an operation. Um, they didn't stitch her up properly, so they had to go back to the doctor. My dad called me at the Burger King phone and said basically she's having emergency surgery to sew up the incision. The doctor forgot to close. And um, I was opening, meaning I worked at like four in the morning until like noon. And I was just so sleep deprived. I walked into the walk-in freezer a couple times just to stand there and like let some cold air just try to wake me up. I fell asleep standing up, went to lunch. Shayla's like, you should quit. And I said, yeah, I'll quit. And she says, you're too scared. So I walked in one door, gave my name badge and my t-shirt to him and walked out the other door, went straight to Pizza Hut and then worked there for five years. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. I've been in a walk-in freezer. They're supposed to be designed to where you can hit that little knob and punch it back yeah. open to get out, you know, to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. But I wish there was more details into this because... Like that knob is there. What up, Leslie? She says she's spraying some sage three times in in her honor. It's awesome. <laughs> very nice. John very nice. Uh, says he worked at a Hardee's and walked in just as an employee was peeing in the. Uh, oh, there's a pickle bucket. So <laughs> sounds familiar. <clears throat> oh <clears throat> man, ah. that's so, that's, <laughs> that's where that Steve, uh, sour flavor Steve, it took comes me a from. second, but I caught yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, there's <laughs> so yeah. The, I go into freezers quite a bit and coolers quite a bit, and sometimes those those little pushers don't always work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're supposed to to be up to code, but we all know how people like to not fix shit, especially greedy corporations. Yeah, cut a few corners. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, I think this is very 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 likely that it could possibly happen, but it also could be just a terrible accident. She could have slipped. Um, Stroked. Yep. I mean, anything. You know what I mean? Like it's terrible, terrible. But or yeah, Arby's uh, is going into Soylent Green territory, and they, you know, those are <laughs> their first I mean, uh, new roast beef sandwich. Beef and cheddar is people. Yeah, I'm thinking beyond, beyond, <laughs> beyond the meat. You know what I'm saying? Oh damn! <laughs> yep. Man, we used to also lay down in the um, walk-in fridge at Pizza Hut on the very top shelf, and we, me and Devin, would cover each other with bags of salad. And then you'd send somebody in to grab something and just jump out, throw salad bags at them and scare the piss out of them. Well, one time I was laying up there on the top shelf and we were going to scare somebody. And he got completely naked and then Devin just opened up the salad <laughs> and threw it over him and sprinkled it on him. And got yep, that. popcorn right trick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. No, we did it during a lunch rush. I got up there, he buried me. And then somebody walked in the freezer, and I just go, Bruh! and it happened to be the regional inspector. 
So that was fun. Damn. <laughs> Luckily, they had a pretty good sense of humor, and they're just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I was like, well, normally we hide up here in the salad to scare people during a lunch rush. And he's like, well, that's awesome. Are your tables all taken care of? <laughs> he didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted that work done. Oh, we, we made money. We made stupid amounts of money there, man. Oh, it was good times. Well, up next in food news, folks. A carbohydrate conundrum that stumped a small town in New Jersey. Did you guys hear about the weird pile of spaghetti they found in a creek in New Jersey? No. What? Well, anyway, this story eventually made international headlines and thankfully has been solved. But let me tell you the whole story in case you didn't hear it. Residents say they now know who dumped hundreds of pounds of uncooked pasta next to a stream. And they also know why he did it. The spaghetti saga started late in April when a resident of Old Bridge, New Jersey, noticed what looked like huge mounds of pasta on the ground back in a wooded area near a creek where people were known to oftentimes dump unwanted furniture and construction materials. Well, the resident contacted Nina Jakarowicz, a politically active resident in the town. Wanting to see for herself, Janarowicz headed to the spot of the alleged pasta dumping. She snapped a few photos of the scene where she estimated roughly three to 500 pounds of ziti, spaghetti, and alphabet and elbow-shaped pasta were strewn about a 25-foot long area. And then she posted her photos on social media. The news spread quickly over social media, but the old bridge authorities, however, didn't thank the situation was that funny. Quickly, they directed town employees to respond to the mess, and a police officer filed a report with the Public Works employees to dispose of the unwanted pasta properly. While the pasta looked as if it had been cooked, officials later determined it wasn't. Instead, it was more likely that the actual hardened pasta had softened during a few days of being outside in the rain. (laughs) Kind of like when you'd put mashed potatoes on people's lawns. Eventually, neighbors who lived near the dump site solved the pasta puzzle themselves after analyzing footage captured by a home security camera. They determined it was actually a man who had been cleaning out his mother's home after she passed away. Neighbors say the man is a military veteran, and they were protecting his identity. They didn't want him to have to relive the trauma of his mother's passing, and his military service deserved anonymity. Jakarowicz, whose last name I've pronounced three times incorrectly, says that she didn't expect her intent for the photos to go viral. She just simply wanted to embarrass the township for not doing their job to clean up the pasta before it could turn soft. <laughs> all I can, all I, when you're reading that, all I can envision is just it's kind of a playoff of Pizza the Hut and Job of the Hut, but just this like just this pasta <laughs> massive mound of just yep. slug worth. <laughs> it's the fucking Cavatappi cryptid, yeah. man, you know? Did you guys ever hear about the New Jersey Creek Cavatappi? <laughs> Lazarus has a really good thought yeah. here. It's an apocalyptic sign from the sp- flying spaghetti monster. Very true. <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, the last news story comes from our buddy Adam. NASA will now be holding a public meeting at 10.30 a.m. EDT on Wednesday, May 31st of its independent study team on categorizing and evaluating data of unidentified anomalous phenomenon, UAP, a.k.a. UFOs. Call them what they are. When Mm -hmm. did this start? When did this UAP bullshit start? Just call it UFO. Do do you think that they started the UAP so they can get away from sounding like a crazy bastard saying UFO? 
I I think I, it is. Yes, yes, and no. I think the other part of it is too because when uh, the Pentagon released their you know findings, where they're like, let's say ten percent of all UFOs are actual UFOs. The rest of them mm-hmm. are like maybe the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans. So we don't want to classify everything as a UFO. Yeah. So let's come up with new terminology. <laughs> right. Unidentified aerial phenomenon because we don't know what the fuck it is. Could be an alien. Could be us. Yeah. Could be the goddamn Russians. We don't know. Well, also, I think the thing of it is too, like, when did UFOs become part of the zeitgeist? Like, Late, late 30s, early 40s, you started having like gold key comics roll out around the 50s or 60s. Don't forget Ed And Wood. the UFO is synonymous. Right. Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> That's a good one. UFOs are synonymous with little green men, like Elliot back here behind me. The thing is, you can't be taken seriously in the Pentagon or anywhere else in the United Nations if you're coming to the microphone saying, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're pretty sure we have UFOs that have entered our airspace. Well, I know. And every time Preston walks up the house, that's why they look at him the way they do. There goes that, there goes that crazy believer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we all know that um, Hillary Clinton's a lizard person. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you change the name and you can put a spin on it, it's not quite so batshit crazy when you're in you know, an official Pentagon meeting you know, or the United Nations when you say these are UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. At least it says, yes, we admit they're there. At least it says we acknowledge the existence. Now, like Preston said, less than 10% of these things are actually unidentified. We're talking about, you know, flocks of birds. But the UAP Independent Study Team is a council of about 16 community experts across diverse areas on matters relevant to potential methods of study for UAPs. NASA commissioned the nine-month study to examine UAPs from a scientific perspective and create a mode, roadmap for how to use the data and the tools of science to move our understanding of the UAP phenomenon forward. Right now, the limited high-quality observations of UAP make it impossible to draw a scientific conclusion from the data about the nature of such events. The agency will also host a media teleconference at the conclusion of the meeting. That full meeting will then air on NASA television, the NASA app, and the agency's website through 2.30 p.m. You can watch it online at www.nasa.gov forward slash live. Now, in accordance to the Federal Advisory Committee Act, the meeting also plans to include an opportunity for the public to comment. NASA will be accepting questions beginning at 10 a.m. on Friday, May 12th. (laughs) And then at 3 p.m., NASA will hold a virtual post-meeting media teleconference, which the agency will stream live audio on the website. To participate by telephone, the media must RSVP no later than two hours before the start of the event to Catherine Rolhoff at catherine.a.rolhoff at nasa.gov. Whew. And a clean feed of the meeting should then be available on the agency's YouTube channel. By God. In the last couple of years, like when NASA's had the raw feed up of like, uh, what's the James Webb Hubble telescope that they just got out? Yeah. And they'll be like showing stuff like in our solar system. And then people will spot like Death Star looking motherfuckers. And they're like, hey, what, what's that? Like, what's that star destroyer there? And then all of a sudden NASA will cut the feed. And then when they go back to re-upload it, it's like that part of the feed's cut out. So if like they're opening it up to the, mm-hmm. uh, the public for questions, it'd be like, dude, what, why the fuck are you censoring your feed? Why do we got star destroyers in our solar system? <laughs> star destroyers. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's no moon. Yep. 
a snowman. <laughs> are, are those the space marines? Is that Donald Trump's space force right there? You guys got some ships in orbit? Like, what's going on, dogs? We, we need the 411. Yeah. Hook your boys up. Well, let's kick it off with a uh, icebreaker question, boys. Kind of loosen you up a little bit. This one comes from me. What's your guys' favorite current video game that has a theme of or features the paranormal or cryptids? Preston, you go first, bud, or do you want me to go first? No, I'll go. I don't know. I don't have a current. I don't think there's anything current out there that I could say that's like paranormal okay. theme that I played. But um, was it last year, year before last on Games with Gold? They had the Call of Cthulhu, which was Hell like a yeah. murder oh, yeah, mystery. So and you, you, you had choices and like, you know. Uh, like right off the bat, like you can have your guy drink the whiskey or not drink the whiskey. And I'm like, fuck it. That's how I roll. Drink the whiskey. <laughs> of course you love it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, the, the, the lore, like the language. So the more you go around the game and you decipher the glyphs, like that's going to send you down a darker path. You start to learn the Lovecraft. You start, shit. yeah, learn like the Lovecraftian mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, dude, this game is fucking amazing. And, uh, you know, Fallout 76 gets a lot of shit, and uh, just the amount of cryptids in that game. Like, you have Mothman, you have the Wendigo, um, you have the Flatwoods Monster. Like, for somebody who's, like, a fucking cryptid nerd to play a video game that just throws that shit in there, like, I chub a little bit. (laughs) I do. Uh, Lazarus said we should check out the weird Lovecraft Crowley synchronicities. Well, buddy, we probably will, because after this two-parter, we're jumping into Crowley, so I like to imagine we probably will jump into that. And we got to give a special welcome to Agent Stack, all the way from the UK. He says, UAP, he's more concerned about ICUP. (laughs) I-C-U-P. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh, we're we're children. We're children. Well, Steve, let me go next real quick. Fallout 76, man, that's the one I'm still, you know, really just enthralled by because it features so many cryptids and the paranormal, dude. It's got a rich history with, you know, the environment of West Virginia, and it perfectly sews in these awesome tales of Mothman, Goatman, Flatwoods Monster, the Grafton Monster, Wendigos, and even UFOs, man. So, I mean, that game is still my jam. I probably should open it back up now. It's been like two years. But what about you, Oh, wise video game Sherpa. Alrighty, righty. Well, I've got a link for you boys. First off, I'll go with something that's already yeah. out. Um, some I've been currently playing as far as like paranormal stuff. Um, I got a new game called Evil West that I haven't dived into yet, but that's supposed to be pretty cool about mm-hmm. like vampires and like bounty hunting and shit. But I've been, I picked up Dead Island 2, and that game is all about zombies, 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 and outbreaks and shit. Nice. And it takes yeah. place in. Venice Beach, L.A., Hollywood, the hills, all that shit, and it's very cool. Heavy melee focused. Some of the best gore and brutal, brutal mutilization you could ever see. Like, um, you get different kinds of weapons. So you get like one that has like this like acid on it. So when you when you hit a zombie so many times, it'll it'll get mm-hmm. a buildup of damage, and then you'll just like see the actual flesh like off the bones. It's so graphic. It's cool. Damn. And uh, so, yeah, that game's awesome. Uh, the next one I'm going to put into um, the chat here in the YouTube, everybody can check out, is a game called They Are Here Alien Abduction. And uh, this game oh, shit. is 
fucking crazy. I haven't played, um, damn it, I just sit here and gave everybody the link, but for some reason it's not linkable, <laughs> it's not clickable in the thing, so yeah, you'll have to do all that stuff, but yeah, if you go to uh, the Steam the Steam thing, the Steam page, you'll be able to see it, and it's a first-person horror story about a journalist who witnessed an alien abduction in the Grayswood farm, explore the area armed with a flashlight, take photos of evidence of aliens... <laughs> presence and get to the bottom of the horrifying truth add to wish list and the graphics are like you know the kind of hyper realistic type thing and you get to go in like mm-hmm. cornfield and see the whole like signs movement of them moving across the corn and shit and then you get link up the stars and stuff and i don't know it just looks really awesome <laughs> doesn't it look cool that's fucking awesome it looks rad dude also on that um the gray hill incident is about to release as well which is another yeah. abduction um, video game. And of course, Lazarus says, nope, he's not playing anything where he gets abducted and probed. Steve, you'll have to listen to next week's episode or watch the live stream from a couple days ago. Uh, we interviewed Lazarus, who had a pretty interesting uh, experience. I don't want to ruin it for next episode, but it was fucking wild. Yeah. But yeah, the Grey, the Grey yeah, Hill incident is, uh, it comes out on uh, June 9th. So yeah, it's coming out really soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's coming to P- if it's coming to console or not, but yeah, anybody that doesn't know about this game either, this game is supposed to be pretty badass. I've, I've heard from a couple people who've played it early um, that it's pretty badass. And, I mean, it's the, you know, in the er, 90s, early U.S. Er, 90s in the U.S., they need to talk about weather balloons, conspiracy theories, government is lying, and you're like, dude, this game looks so fucking intense. Yeah, so check that out too. On to our listener questions. Mindy asks... Okay, so I recently went to a haunted driving tour of Gettysburg using an app, and it was quite disappointing. And then the other day, I took a local haunted lantern tour of the capital of Delaware, and it was killer, including a story about the first murder by mail committed by Cornelia Botkin. So the question is... Wait, real quick. When she said Gettysburg, all I could think about was the Office episode. (laughs) (laughs) Honest Abe, yep. Okay, go ahead. Yep, that's a good episode. (laughs) No, you're good. So Mindy's question is, of all the haunted tours you've been on, how would you rank them? What is your number one ghost tour of all time, and what makes them good versus bad, or sets the best apart from the rest? I'll go first, because mine's really easy. I've never paid for any of them. (laughs) I've never paid for any of them, just because, I mean, it's not really my bag. Um... So the answers that I wrote down were um, the only place I've ever paid for one, and that was that place in Omaha, the Museum of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Was that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a good time there. I, that maybe it's because when they moved to the new place, it kind of felt all cramped or something, but um, it just looked cool. It was cool, and they had a lot of cool stuff there, but mm-hmm. as far as like feeling anything, no. I would love to do this haunted, something like a haunted lantern tour. That sounds badass. Although, no, 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 no. You're right. I did, remember I did do that one in um, in New Orleans where we got to see uh, Kathy Bates' character, uh, Madam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or what is something like that? Something like that. From yeah, the, yeah, yeah. She played it on American Yeah, Wars the coven or, yeah. or whatever, where she was hiding those mm-hmm. slaves, killing those slaves and putting them in the walls or whatever. I got to go by that house and see a bunch of other places. That w- that was probably the coolest one I did. But that was more because of the scenery, which I think would be what with what she did with the capital of Delaware. I think that would be pretty legit. But anyway, so that's mine. I've also been yeah. in Stanley Hotel, but I didn't pay for a ghost tour. But I was in that in that hotel that's supposedly haunted. So 
But this this type of stuff really isn't my bag. This is totally y'all's thing. You guys travel to shit like this, so I'm curious to hear your mm-hmm. guys' comments. Presto, you want to go next, buddy? I've been on so many different ghosters. Um, I would have to say the best one that I've been on was uh, one that was free. Um, mm-hmm. And it was de- when uh, the wife and I were on our honeymoon and we were down in New Orleans. My uh, brother-in-law and his wife uh, gave us a tour around town. Um, Albert, if you're listening, thanks for the uh, free uh, ghost tour that we got that night and all the, all the booze you, you know, fed me. It was, it was amazing. Uh, we got to see, like, the House of the Rising Sun, uh, there's a church there, like, a, or not a church, but a, like, a boys' school, and it's reported that you can see up in the balcony in the attic area where the steeples are. You can see this red light bouncing around, and that's where the vampire lord of New Orleans lives. And they've like had dead bodies like show up in the attic, fully drained of blood. At one point, it was like a nun's convent. Um, we took a couple like voodoo tours and other stuff in New Orleans and they were actually really cheesy. So the fact that we got local history from somebody that's been living there, uh, for several years and it it was just a good time. And so honestly, if you know anybody that's into the paranormal and they live in that area, just go out, have fun, walk the, walk the, walk the sites, walk the streets, have a good time. Like that's honestly been the best one that we've been on. And then yeah. when we were in uh, San Antonio, we did the Sister Grimm's tour right outside of uh, the hotel uh, that we were staying at. And uh, that one was really fun. It, you know, it wasn't like too cheesy or anything. And we, we got to walk around, get to see the different sites. Got to, you know, there's this story of this guy that um, he was on his way to San Antonio. He was uh, at a watering hole. And somebody's like, hey, man, you look a little weird. He's like, fuck you, man. And, like, ripped off this guy's face and, like, chopped him up into little bits. And so they finally found the guy, like, two two towns later. They drag him down to San Antonio, and they put him on trial. They go to hang him. And, you know, like, when you're watching, like, in Hollywood, how it's, like, 50-50. So half of the time you see him put the bag over the person's face, and then the other time, like, Mm -hmm. they don't. So in real life, you have to put the bag over the face because it basically cinches up the rope so that uh, the pressure doesn't, like, rip anything off. And, like, they ran out of bags or, like, they didn't have it. But they're like, dude, fuck this guy. Like, he just ripped somebody to shreds, just fucking hang him. And so they dropped the noose. And it basically we, a, we have a new courthouse. Hot time we had a hanging. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> like half decapitated this guy. Like it tore half of his head off. So it's like hanging off to the side and like blood squirting out all over the place. So then after that, they were kind of like, I don't think we should hang anybody anymore. Like maybe we should go like electrocute instead. Like that seems more humane. And so it basically became like dilapidated. They didn't use it for anything. And then they're like, well, somebody registered it on the historic sites. So we have to do something with it. And so Holiday Inn's like, fuck it. Let's make it a hotel. Well, they found the noose uh, like in a closet. So they fucking put it on display. And then as they're doing these ghost tours, they're like, put two two together and this kid was like oh my god that's the rope and the hotel got in trouble so it was cool to go on that (laughs) and yeah to get that history and um then when myrtle's uh plantation 
the history of that site's cool. The you know the walking around the grounds, some of the paranormal events yeah. that happened were, were were freaky. But the fucking tour guide was cheesy as shit, mm, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you're putting me in a foul mood. <laughs> and some of the other ones I've been on. Uh, Harsh like in my vibe, bro. Yeah, like the Crescent Hotel that we went to. Like the tour guide was just so fucking cheese. Like just, just stop. Like you don't have to, you don't have to like take it up ten notches. To make me a believer. I I'm already Fox Mulder over here. Like just give me give me the hard gross details. Um, and mm-hmm. then what's uh, what's another one? I don't, I don't know. The Museum of Shadows was actually for me and Sean. I thought that was a pretty good experience actually. Um, yeah. I think it has to do with the company you keep when you do that, too, because, like, we were there having fun with, like, the first batch of, like, non-friend listeners outside of Dobbs. Like, these were guys we didn't know. And so that was cool. And having a little bit of showmanship of, like, oh, shit, yeah, we're going to do a demon sit room challenge, Preston. And Preston's like, I'm not backing down, so fuck yeah. But the way way you guys described the old building sounded a lot better Uh than the the new one. No no offense to... Any Omaha people that are listening, I know we got a lot of listeners there. Isn't there that place mm-hmm. is awesome? They got a lot of cool artifacts. I'd highly sure. recommend checking it out. It's just that there was no activity for me, so to speak, where you guys talked about stuff. So, yeah, that was a cool thing too. Supposedly, the last building was like a, um, like a bordello, you know. So that was pretty wild. It was um, a whorehouse. The demon, where you go get your whore. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was kind of interesting, you know, so people were killed there and so on and so forth. So supposedly, oh, we just lost Steve. Oh, well, hopefully he's going to go get back. himself there a whore. He, he heard whorehouse and he went running. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got DC'd. Sorry. I don't know what just happened. Oh man. You Maybe your neighbor that's mowing at like nine o'clock at night fucking hit the line. Cause he can't see shit. <laughs> Cl- took out the internet. Clipped your cox cord, man. Yeah. Well that, and I mean like, we had Rob Bones there, which was just, that made the night itself just fucking awesome. Just to see us taking everything like real serious and quiet. And then you just see this man who's built like a fucking refrigerator flying down the hallway. Just come at me, ghosts. Yeah, come at me, <laughs> that bro. shit was fun. Yeah, that that was pretty funny listening to you guys talk about that. Tear your shit up, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I talked to I talked to Rob the other day. He really fucked up his hand. He his cat, his girlfriend's cat yeah. fucked up his hand. Any who's um I think what makes or breaks a good tour to me, like Presto just said, number one is gonna be your tour guide. Um when Shayla and I went to the Crescent, we had a really great tour because it was late at night. It was just she and I and like these other three people. It was like a guy and his wife and like somebody's sister, and they were all in their seventies. And the girl starts the whole like, well, welcome here to the Crescent Hotel, rumored to be haunted. And then she kind of stops herself and she's like, all right, guys, like, do I have to do this? I'll make a deal. If I don't have to do this like whole bit thing with you guys, I'll give you like the real tour, like the off the records tour. And we're just like, shit, yeah. So that was cool because like. That's what she tells everyone. I know. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But that was cool. I felt like it was a more genuine tour. And if it was all. It was 1777 and some people came around the corner and a little girl fell down the street. Oh, it's haunted, y'all. Wow. (laughs) Yes, it's worth every penny, Preston. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a lot of fun. Um, I think the people we're with really dictates, you know, what makes a good tour. But also um, we went to San Francisco back in August of 2018 and took a tour of the former people's church, which was of course 
headquarters to uh, Reverend Jim Jones and the People's Temple. And that would go on to be related, of course, to the 1978 Jonestown Massacre and, you know, nine... 900 people um, who were members died um, overseas in South America, and of course it rocked San Francisco and the world, and so on and so forth. But um, that was kind of cool to do that kind of history thing. I'm not a big history buff, but I love to know the history of you know a haunted location or stuff like that. But it was really cool because... Yeah, that stuff interests me more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But on that tour, we heard a really strange story of this ghost that haunted this apartment building. And apparently the apparition was known to occasionally burst through the wall and vomit live kittens on unsuspecting victims. Like fucking gremlins, she would walk in there and start like herking and then just puke up like live kittens that, you know, little baby kittens covered in like ectoplasm goo. For the life of me, I can't figure out like what the ghost story was. I've Googled it a hundred times. Um, you get weird results when you type in vomit covered kitten ghost. Don't do it folks. Um, but I think what makes a great tour is just the story and the validation, of course, but the tour guide, man, if you're too dry, I'm going to be falling asleep. And if you're too cheesy, you know, I'm going to roll my eyes right out of my head and I'll be fucking haunting wherever we're touring to. Cause it'll kill me. Yeah. Well, up next, Brady asks the hard-hitting question, how much wood could a woodchuck ghost chuck if a woodchuck ghost could chuck wood? I'll chime in. So back in 1988, (laughs) Richard Thomas, a New York fish and wildlife technician, decided to estimate how much wood a woodchuck might chuck if it indeed could chuck wood. Woodchuck burrows have long been tunnels that are 25 to 30 feet long, which lead to, you know, their summer dens, a winter den for hibernating, and so on and so forth, even a shitter. They make offshoot tunnels where they go take dumps and peepees. Well, Thomas calculated that the average woodchuck can burrow approximately 35 square feet. So using the dirt that woodchucks are moving, building their burrows, a.k.a. chucking wood, Thomas multiplied the burrow square footage by approximate weight of the soil. About 20 pounds per square foot was the answer. So to calculate everything and answer Brady's question, a ghost woodchuck could probably chuck about as much chuck as a woodchuck could chuck, which is about 700 pounds of soil when making a burrow. So tip my hat to Brady. <laughs> nice. So it uh, reminds me of a thing we came across this afternoon. So if a guy... If a ghost woodchuck has three piles of sand and another ghost woodchuck has six piles of sand, how many piles of sand <laughs> do you got? You got one. So the answer is one fucking woodchuck could chuck one thing of wood. Ghost or non-ghost, man. It's just one chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Must be. Little... It must be. Well, how about we move on to our first listener story? Hey, folks. Nice. Let's hear it. So, Anonymous sent this in. Haunted computer printer, question mark? So, back when I was a kid, like grade school age, my family and I lived in this old two-story house. I remember one night I was upstairs watching TV with my parents. But my three sisters were all downstairs playing in our family room in the basement. We had a TV down there and also the family computer and a printer set up down there too. All of a sudden, my parents and I all three heard my sisters start screaming. So, of course, my dad ran down the stairs to see if they were all okay. 
They said that while they were playing board games and watching TV, they started hearing these weird noises. Then all of a sudden, the printer started making more weird noises, and then they said it started sucking down paper and shooting out blank pages all across the room like rapid fire. The computer was turned off, so nothing was being printed, but the printer just switched on and started spazzing out. So my dad ran over and unplugged it, and then everything went quiet. Could you imagine if, like, it printed something out? That'd be fucking cool, like a fax. That would be amazing. It was It was just like, it was just like, fuck you, over and over again. Or no, no, it was like the dot matrix print of you're fired from Back to the Future 2. <laughs> you're fired! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, like, the episode we covered on Donaldson message where it's like, this is nine, the cat peas and the talk tick. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it could be a ghost in the machine, man. Yeah, Who it could knows? be, dude. I hope it is. I hope it's the ghost. You gotta believe. <laughs> I hope it's the ghost of Hewitt Packard. Question number three. This comes from our buddy Jeremy over at Global Strangeness. Why does Bigfoot porn exist? <laughs> <sighs> I got this. I got this. Oh, Pre- uh, Jeremy. Right, Preston, you start it. Even Bigfoot needs to get his dick wet, and that's why it exists. This is literally what I wrote on my questions and answers. Why? Why does this question have to happen here? And why <laughs> And why does Bigfoot porn exist? Because Preston has way too much fucking free time on his hands. <laughs> yeah, and in his hands, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. shit. Oh, Bigfoot coming out of the, 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 the woods with his big old man stick and wanting a piece of my blueberry pie. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> So my my short answer is it takes all sorts of interesting things to get people off to the races, if you know what I'm saying. And here at Pixelated Paranormal, we aren't going to yuck on anybody else's yum. You know, for the most part, there are exceptions out there. But do you guys remember that old story from back in 2018 where the Democratic congressional nominee from Virginia, a one Leslie Cockburn, accused her Republican opponent, Denver Riggleman, of campaigning with white supremacists, but also... Being the author of Bigfoot Erotica, you guys remember that shit? Yeah, I do remember that. Good yeah. stuff. First off, that's a t- and I remember I said at the Latin that time on that podcast episode, that is a terrible fucking name for a politician. Don't go into politics if you have a terrible name. Cockburn, it writes itself. But I I would retort this that she came out dick swinging, dude. Because with a last name like that, you got to have thick dick skin. And I mean, just the balls on that woman. That's true. Well, on the show, we, of course... Two sides to the coin, (laughs) Two-Face. Right. (laughs) Well, we've read our share of Bigfoot erotica on our late-night episodes, but apparently Bigfoot smut isn't anything new. Back in 1977, there was an infamous erotic paperback called Nights with Sasquatch, described as, quote, an explosive ordeal of rape and revenge. Written by John. Look at Preston. He's trying to reach for his phone. <laughs> look it up on eBay. Look at Hold him. Hold on. I have this. I have this. I got. I got a hardback <laughs> copy. You do? Holy <laughs> no, shit! No, I wish. Okay. It's worth a Google. Preston's I mean, like, watch this. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by John Cotter and Judith Frankel, and apparently, back in 1981, there was also a short porn film called The Geek about a group of hitchhikers who have an unexpected and sexy encounter with a Bigfoot. 
And of course, we are no strangers to the wonderfully bizarre world of Chuck Tingle books here on the show. But there's also a 16 installment series called Come for Bigfoot by Virginia Wade. So Preston, you need to get a bigger bookshelf, pal. <laughs> and because we know sometimes, of course, old Sasquatch swings both ways and Bigfoot smut isn't just for the ladies. And Preston and I to read and make Stephen feel really embarrassed. There's also a handful of books by the adorably named and L probe <laughs> called boffing Bigfoot candy banger and simply another known as Bigfoot's gay and Robin Blackbird of course wrote Bigfoot did me from behind and I liked it so <laughs> I didn't answer your question Jeremy but I hope you left today's episode just knowing a little bit more than you did before that reminds me, we need another late summer sexy... No, we don't. No, we don't. No. <laughs> what we should do is have Corey join us and have him partake and not yeah. tell him what it's about. That would be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, Steven's back in the game, folks. <laughs> well, how... I would actually be down for that just to catch him off guard because yep. he would be extremely awkward in that. That'd be perfect. And it would be worth every person who understands. What if he's watching right now? <laughs> He's not. <laughs> well, how about a palate cleanser, huh? Again, from another anonymous listener, The Squatting Goblin. This is not erotica, just a uh, quick disclaimer. So, I experienced something really scary when I was like seven or eight. I was up in my room late at night, like 10 or 11 at night, and I was having a hard time falling asleep. I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep, and I started hearing this weird scratching and breathing noises from the foot of my bed. Across from me was my dresser, with an old box TV sitting on it, but nothing else is on the dresser, like no clothes or anything. I laid there scared with the blankets pulled up to my chin, and I finally got the courage to look up at my TV. Sitting next to the TV on the dresser was this ugly little goblin like sitting on its little butt with its knees pulled up to its chest, just sitting there, breathing, and laughing these little gurgling laughs, and just staring at me. I screamed for my mom to come get me. Help me, mom, help me, mommy. He's watching me. So my mom comes running into my room and busts inside the room, and I'm screaming and pointing for her to get it, get it, get it. But my mom couldn't see it. Like it was there looking at me, but she couldn't see it at all. She turned on the lights and it disappeared in the light. So I started crying her and telling her it was right there. My mom told me that if I was quiet I didn't wake dad up because my dad worked early in the mornings at the airplane place, that I could come sleep with them. So she turned the lights off and told me to come with her. And when the lights went out, that fucking goblin was sitting there gurgling and laughing at me. I screamed again. Mom turned the lights on and the stupid thing disappeared again. My mom came over and calmed me down and I stopped crying and she told me to get out of bed and come with her. So I got up out of bed and started walking over to her when she turned the lights off before I passed my dresser. I looked up and that stupid thing was right back on the dresser and so I ran past it. But when I ran by, it reached down and it ran its fingers through my hair. I could feel its little fingernails scrape the skin under my hair. 
I screamed and ran all the way back to my parents' room, of course, waking up my dad. I was terrified to go back to my room, but I never saw it again after that night. Yeah, fuck that. That's going to be a big fucking no for me. <laughs> right. Not only a no, but that's what we call a butt fuck no. Not only no, butt fuck no. Just to, just, not only for all that to happen, but then the same thing as with aliens, man. If you get abducted, mm-hmm. like, no one's going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> she was right in the room and didn't see shit. Right. He's terrified. Yeah. He or she's terrified. I, it's just crazy. <laughs> Lazarus said, squatting goblin, the queefing pixie, the twerking ho- <laughs> boo hag. <laughs> man, years ago, our founding member, Rob, told us a story about a fucking boo hag sitting on his chest. Um, he woke up from a nightmare and woke up with this thing sitting on his chest with like a little knife. And he claims it kind of ran its blade down his chest. He and, described that like a, like, what's that, uh, like squirtle? It was, or tombi. Oh, God. No, um, the ones from, the little goblins from um, Africa, right? I mean, something like, but he, he was like, it remind me of a tombie. Well, maybe. Well, to finish the story real quick, Rob said uh, eventually the thing jumped off his chest, kind of walked across the room, and then, like, stepped through kind of like this portal, bent down and grabbed what looked like a zipper, and kind of, like, zipped up the fabric of reality and just fucking disappeared. So. <laughs> Sounds like a video game. I know, right? <laughs> Or like a Pixar cartoon. (laughs) Okay, see you later. (laughs) Well, question number four. Allie wants to know, how do haunted objects become haunted? Presto, you want to leave with this one, bud? More than three words this time. Yeah. So I I, I think what it is, um, like haunted objects, like if you go to like one of the museums where they have like a haunted doll, haunted necklace, is that um, that person that's associated with that so let's say like you know in life the you know my wedding ring right and I'm so obsessed like Mm -hmm. that wedding ring means so much to me that when I die I physically attach my spirit to it because I don't want to let go of this life and so Mm -hmm. being able to you know be able to manifest and haunt the physical world I have to attach myself to something so I attach myself to something that has personal meaning and it's basically just kind of carrying around that energy. And then the other thing, mm-hmm. I don't I don't practice witchcraft and sorcery. I'm no Aleister Crowley, but uh, you know there are some <laughs> rituals that uh, you can you know slice open a, a no. baby kitten and get some blood on it and bind a demon to an what object. The fuck's t- yeah, so I I mean. You could have like Get a, out of a left fucking field. You could have a good bind. You know, you could have a good binding to an object, and you can have a bad binding to an object. You know, so you have somebody like practicing black magic, doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, and next thing you know, you get a little haunted Demas doll, or you got a guy who just uh, really loves life and doesn't want to pass over, and like basically, you know, puts his energy onto a coin or a ring or whatever. That's that's yeah, that's the yeah. best thing I got. I mean, we're no fucking scientists, but if I had to guess, <laughs> those two things make sense. Lazarus says it isn't a baby kitten, though. But I mean, look again. I'm no cultist. <laughs> or, I'm just saying. Just kind of off the cuff. <laughs> it's got to be a vomit-covered, ectoplasm-covered kitten, dude. Oh, a full-grown cat. And you can only get him in San yeah, Francisco. <laughs> Lazarus says full-grown cat. Oh shit. Often real re- relation to the ritual of visibility. This dude knows too much. This person knows too much. <laughs> You're about to get on the rabbit hole. He's correcting you on sacrificial sacrifice of whatever <laughs> objects. 
hey, we're going to jump on his show one of these days soon and answer a bunch of random questions that he has in a bowl made from a human skull. So that in itself might be some kind of ritual. We don't know. But that's pretty tight because that's actually a dream of mine is to have a, is to have a skull. But anyway. Well. Um, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so back to what Ali said. Yeah. I believe that certain people get attached to certain items because, yeah, like they're yep. obsessed to it. Uh, they become some kind of way linked linked to that. But my question, we should add on to Ali's. Mm-hmm. We'll have to go back to Preston. What would be your object that you would haunt? Well, okay, real quick, let me let me piggyback on what you guys said, and then we'll have that, that compound question. So, Ali, I think it has a lot to do with what's called stone tape theory, which is kind of very much what Preston and Stephen were alluding to. It's where we believe that, you know, spirits and ghosts often um, and hauntings are very similar to music that gets recorded on, like, an old cassette tape or a VHS tape. And ask your dad what those are if you don't know. Um, Allie, by the way, is Dobbs' daughter, so big shout-out to Allie and uh, Big Dobbs and Hill. Well, I, I say that because it's like, a, uh, you know, a cassette tape or a VHS tape and the fact that sometimes, like, mental impressions are believed to be projected in a form of, like, energy, and then it can be stamped or imprinted on something physically, like, you know, or physical objects, like a, a doll or a ball or, you know, whatever you guys want to haunt after you go. And even, like, actual places during certain emotional or traumatic events, like a murder or, like, a fit of rage. So it's almost like your feelings or energy can be recorded into, like, a Ouija board or something like that or old hotels. And then your apparition or disembodied voice gets kind of caught, like, in a replay. And that's why a lot of times people say... And every night at 3.30 a.m., the ghost of the butcher can be seen walking from one room to the other over and over. It's almost like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That spirit kind of gets caught up in this, like, recording and gets embedded, you know, that energy gets embedded into the object or the hallway or the house or whatever. And then this continues to kind of echo and echo and echo. So um, we need to kind of dive into hauntings one of these days too, but I think that's kind of, you know, the answer is that old stone tape theory. So something worth Googling too, if you want to jump down a deeper rabbit hole, cause I just kind of gave you the spark notes on it. So, all right, Presto, if you could haunt one item, what were you going to haunt? So I would want to haunt something that I know that's going to get passed down from generation to generation. So the, your the, Krampus smut book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the no boy shit. knows how important <laughs> the big John Wiener dog tags are. So if I could haunt one thing, oh. it'd be the big John Wiener dog tags. Because I know that when I pass, Blake's going to take it good, and wear them. Good choice. And that way I could Obi-Wan Kenobi his ass and just show up and be like, son, dumb is what you're born with. Stupid is how you use it. And you're being fucking stupid. And then, boop, vanish. And just fucking troll him for the rest <laughs> of his life. So... This force wow. which is hey, which is Big John Wiener wisdom yeah. right there. He used to tell me that shit all the time when I was growing up as a kid. Like I forget to turn in an assignment or I do something stupid at school. He'd be like, "Son, dumb is what you're born with. Stupid is how you use it. And you're being fucking stupid right now." I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> and then he just force vanishes. <laughs> yeah, where'd you go, Dad? <laughs> I'm in the other room. Give me a beer. Yeah, dude. My dad's <laughs> my dad's sage advice was one time I saw two guys holding hands, and I was like seven or eight, and I was like, Dad, those guys are holding hands, and he's like. Yeah, they're gay. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, it means they just want to be together as a couple. And I'm like, I don't I don't know, Dad. And he's like, look, you don't have to approve of it right now, but you have to learn how to accept it. And once you accept something, after you know more about it, you can learn to approve it. And I'm just like, oh, shit. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's tight, man. Um, I don't, man, I don't know what I would haunt, dude. 
um, my autographed vinyl from uh, Robert England and Heather Langenkamp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would haunt Fuck something yeah. bizarre that would be handed down too. And right now, I think it would be our our Asquatch Queequeg that Shayla got that's hanging up in the living room because oh. that thing is so bizarre. If it doesn't get handed down, you know, to do to different generations. It would be in an estate sale, and somebody like Preston or myself or you, Steve, would fucking buy it. So one way or You're another, like, what the fuck is that? This haunted ass squatch is going to somebody. Like I don't think someone's going to. But I want you to like. I wanted to like when you haunt it. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, Sean's going to show up like Obi Wan Kenobi, dipping Oreos in whiskey in his underwear, and be like, nah, "Wouldn't fucking do it," <laughs> and then disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're like, it's an ass, though. You got to fart. You got to do some kind of flatulent. Yeah, I think I'd probably just possess it, and then I'd lean forward and be like, son, dumb is what you're bored with. Stupid's what you do with it. <laughs> no, I'd probably nice. make weird, like, whining noises and, like, whisper from it. That'd be cool. All right, so real quick, this is off, off subject. So we're building next door in the basement. We're building my son's bedroom. And the basement wall uh, was moving in, so we had to get – we had to get steel beams. So to redo the framing, it's there's a there's kind of like a gap. So it's kind of like a there's like a I don't know, like a, maybe like a two foot, foot and a half space in between the framing and this giant steel beam. And so the storage mm-hmm. closet, you're gonna there's you're you you're able to put stuff in that gap. So my buddy and I, as we were finished framing, we, we were in the whiskey a little bit yesterday, and we decided that we're gonna get a Bluetooth speaker and I'm gonna put it in that, like, when Blake, before he gets home from school, I'm going to go turn that Bluetooth speaker on. And then That's it's going to hit behind the wall. <laughs> so when he's sleeping at night, I could just play, wow. like, freaky oh, noises and just man. scare the shit out of this kid. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. So when when we what were in high it. school, what it was it. like the golden era of uh, Good Charlotte. And Devin and I used to hang out. Whenever we weren't working at Pizza Hut, like I'd usually go to his house and hang out in his parents' basement with him, and we'd play like, you know playstation and stuff like that we'd always have some cd going and this is like in the good old days of hidden tracks on cds which you can't really do these days you didn't know how long the tracks were you didn't know there was extra tracks and so we were playing a game one night the music ended and we're like probably 20 minutes into gaming in the silence and all of a sudden you just hear get out get out of the house go and like Devin's basement was haunted as shit like it was a scary place <laughs> Did it really sound like some cheesy-ass 80s fucking haunted house? Yeah. Get out. Yeah, and it was Turn just like, back now. God, it was, it was really cool, Get out cool, and man. put your pants on. That's pretty awesome. What would you haunt, Steve? What VHS tape would you My, haunt? Oh. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't haunt a VHS tape, man. Uh, I'm just going to go with what, since I just thought of this question on the floor, I'm going to go with what's in my general, general area mm-hmm. that's important to me. It's probably one of my most prized collectibles because it's so rare, and that would have to be the Big Daddy. No way! Iron, cast iron. I don't know what the fuck this is. It's, Plaster, it's like a cast iron. Is. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Look. Now kiss. Is 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 yours mint? <laughs> no, no pieces broke. No, mine fell off of Corey's bookshelf, and the cage is bent. Both legs are broken off, and the tip of his drill, I think, is missing. But I'm like, fuck that! Don't throw that away. I'll super glue that shit. Yeah, mine's mint. I've I've kept them this good for so long. That's awesome, dude. I would haunt this little thing, but it would have to come to life, like fucking little soldiers or whatever, toy soldiers or fucking puppet master, you know, like Toy Story and shit. 
Yeah, Puppet Master and shit. I mean, mm, come on. Speaking can't, of, we can't, we can't, welcome to four yeah. hours of uh. Sean and Steven grabbing things that they have on their computer desk and pressed into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I would haunt. I got that bobblehead of, Tex, of, of Blade from Texas Frightmare Weekend, and it's autographed by Charles Band. And my amazing wife got it for me for the low, low price of, guess how much money I paid for an autographed Blade bobblehead? 40 bucks. 10 fucking dollars. Wow. 10 bucks. Yeah, the blade was broken off of it. And the guys like, because Shayla wanted to get me a blade bobblehead. And I was like, no, they don't have any. Clearly, they're not on the counter. So she walked up and asked the guy. He's like, well, we got them. But like the knife blade broke off and you can easily like super glue them back on. And I'm like, I don't really want it. And Shayla goes, how much is it? He's like, uh, I mean, like 20 bucks. And she's like, oh, anyway, it got down to $10. (laughs) He's like, this one's autographed too, dude. So you should probably take it for 10 bucks. So yeah, she uh, scored that for me for $10. But Preston, quickly, Preston, show us something on your your cabinet of curiosities, man. Grab some nerdy thing. I feel bad. Dude, I just fucking panned the camera around and showed everybody everything that's on there, jackass. Daddy and Daddy were talking, so oh my god, paying here. attention to you. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> Next question, Matt, our buddy Matt, Agent Stack. Due to the longevity of the show, has it become significantly more difficult to find new cryptids to expose and explore? <laughs> expose, <laughs> expose. Yeah, I mean, we found the fucking cryptid cannoli cavatappi of New Jersey today. So yeah, clearly the well that is running over. That is so good. <laughs> actually, you know what? This is actually funny that he writes this today because this morning I went to um, the wonderful cafe here in town Mm -hmm. pixelated or pixelated the paranormal cafe and um it's all it's awesome paranormal experience they had a food truck now they have this cafe Mm -hmm. going on they haven't officially launched it of the grand opening or nothing but they're very excited uh they want to have us down they want to do an on-site recording an on-site evp Mm -hmm. because apparently there's some activity in that building oh girl it's been reported on some of the tenants that have been in there shit yeah so Shout out to all the all those people there. Yeah, uh, I let them know that we would give them a shout out tonight on live. Oh hell yeah, and dude! Hell yeah! The food was delicious. I had the chupacabra this morning. Oh, well, scotch, it's squatch tots. It's so good. Yeah, like you said, all paranormal themed breakfast foods. Eight bucks. That was eight dollars. Yeah, dude. dude. It's it's like, get out of here. Fucking delicious. So good. They have a bigfoot burrito. They have a chupacabra. I think it's like a, it's a flatbread if I remember right. Um, yeah, squatch yeah. tots, which are these delicious little sausage cheese ball. Uh, tater tot things and um, yeah yeah I talked to him a little bit last year and Stephen I owe you an official thank you um, for talking to them and bringing that back up because you did see them a while back and bring that up and I do owe you an official thank you for kind of rejuvenating that conversation and getting that going so yeah we'll do a live recording Hell there yeah, that'll be fucking awesome um, I can't wait to they're good that. people too there's a there's a there's a younger sorry there's a young girl that was working there and mm-hmm. she said uh she had done some podcasting stuff in her high school, and she really enjoyed doing that mm-hmm. and stuff. So she's really excited to be there for that interview process mm-hmm. as well and be on a podcast. So we are going to be embarrassed by how much more she knows than we do. <laughs> right, right. So shout okay, out to her. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. her name. Uh, I was in the middle of two calls yeah. this morning, so I popped by real quick. So you're like, yeah, I just delivered two dead bodies. Better go get a fucking haunted burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they saw my shirt. They're like, oh, yeah, Fits. mortuary. Oh, makes okay. sense. 
Well, Matt, I wrote you'd think after seven years it'd be harder, but what's great is there's so much weird shit out there that it never really seems to run dry. The bigger problem I have is that sometimes it's challenging to find, you know, reputable stories and sources that you can prove to be, quote, real versus, you know, cheap creepypastas and, and creative writing stories, especially now with, like, chat, GPT, and all that kind of shit. But um, we also had that infamous... Uh, I don't know what you call it, a flub where we did a show about the rake and I didn't say yes, I know it's creepypasta at the beginning and fucking people just went nuts. It's a creepypasta. You're talking about creepypasta. Yeah, it was a slow news day that day and we thought we'd do a story about it and fuck me for trying to share a creepypasta. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of Googling. and Stand down, people. It's okay. Yeah, there's a lot of Googling and verifying that goes, you know, far beyond checking the first two websites. You know, you got to kind of check and see what kind of carries over, what seems to be legit, what's a common theme, what has been kind of embellished. So, I mean, it gets tough just verifying shit, but, I mean, there's still so many weird things out there, and, you know, old websites are always great. State websites, you can really find some fun stuff sometimes, but, you know, I'm not saying that some weeks it's hard to find a topic versus others where, you know, something cool just falls into our lap, but, you know, a tool that I use that's kind of funny, uh, inside secret here, being an artist myself, I follow a shit ton of really awesome artists and creators on Instagram. A lot of them happen to be, you know, paranormal artists who draw like Frogman and all sorts of cool shit. So, I mean, it's not uncommon for me to open up Instagram and all of a sudden I see someone's drawing of another poster of like famous cryptids across the U.S. And I'll pinch to zoom on that bad boy, check out the awesome art. And normally there's like one or two things I haven't heard of, so I throw it in the ever-growing list of topics and then I get back to it. So, I mean, that's a really great tool. Um, a lot of really great artists out there. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt, you know, to look at that. But it also doesn't hurt to have a library of like 30 or 40 paranormal books either. So, that being said, we really got to do some more um, cryptid encounters. And I would say, too, like, um, you know, so we, we ba we're a show about folklore. If mm -hmm. we really want to get down to it, uh, we're deep diving America and the world's folklore. And so you have mm -hmm. Bigfoot, you have the wood booger, you have the, sw uh, you know, the swamp ape. All of those are basically the same creature, but they're told from a different perspective depending on the area of the country that that encounter is mm -hmm. happening from. So if you have a, you know, like a Polish population that's in America now and they've been here for several years, they're putting their heritage spin on that cryptid and they're giving you a very different take and so you would think well how many times can you different times can you cover bigfoot well i mean every pocket of the country is going to have a different experience and a different take and give it a different name uh, i mean there there are stories about the bigfoot war of you know 1975 that we haven't even touched on yet um, I mean, we could cover bigfoot 10 million times and still not even get to the tip of the dick of bigfoot you know yeah wait yeah. what like a war of Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, 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 it took place in Kentucky, like, outside mm -hmm. in this rural area, and, like, these, like, Bigfoots came out of, like, the forest and, like, started, like, throwing rocks and stabbing each other. And this, like, family is, like, the dad's on the porch <laughs> with a shotgun. Get the fuck <laughs> off my porch! Ka -cha -ka -cha -ka -cha. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that shotgun's going to stop it. So white but, uh, it was some trailer trash Bigfoot drama, <laughs> Yeah, dude. It was live yeah. PD back in the yeah. day. So those fucking neighbors. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, so you start, you start going over into, you know, Asia, Europe, India, Africa. You, you have these same encounters with all these, the same cryptids, but they're just from a different point of view. And, I mean, the stories are countless. I mean, we could really spend 30 years 
covering these topics and we would never get to the bottom of the barrel because they're just yeah. so vast. I, I think like Sean said, you know, we come across a lot of stories and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is this, it could have happened. I want to believe, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah. this is pretty batshit crazy. And then I'm like, fuck it. We're, you know what? We're a folklore podcast. This is just <laughs> fucking fun. This yeah. is a, just a, yep. this is a wild ride. Yeah, I like it. I like, you know, it fuck it. Let's just tell yep. a story, you know, give me real, give me weird. Yeah. And it's also fun too. like, we do a deep dive, like a decent dive into like cryptid encounters. And then you think you've wrung out the washcloth enough. And then you, you share your episode. Then like a week, a month, a year later, another podcast does the same topic and they drop like three or more facts that you missed. Or you listen to their episode and they don't put in like two or three things that you know. And you're like, that's cool, man, because we're all doing the same research and we're getting some different answers. But for the most part, most stuff pretty well jives. So that's pretty fun. What do you think, steve uh, you guys nailed nailed it on that. I was more interested in your guys taking what on what uh, Stack said. What level of scrutiny lends to credibility? Mm. Man, to me, I feel like you get more credibility out of your stories that were written back in like the fifties and sixties. Your Mothman, your Flatwoods monster stuff like that. Because back then, you also had people who were terrified of being scrutinized for seeing little green men and and big furry guys running around their backyards. So. I feel like when people came forward, either they were batshit crazy or they were like, fuck it, the world has to know. So to me... And back then you didn't have the imagination we have now. The, the F... <laughs> we're fucked. Like, right. listen, listen. like, everyone out there, everyone knows it. But back then, like, there wasn't, you know, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, And a lot of people didn't didn't digest all the, all the comics mm-hmm. and the science fiction and, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the people that a lot of these cases we've talked about, they'll be like, uh, they'll never say like, oh yeah, I was a believer. Like, I never even thought about this stuff before and then I seen this, you know, just, it seems, yeah, like the older the story is, the more credibility there is to it because of that. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. So like uh, Betty and Barney Hill, for example, you know, that was a famous UFO case from the late 50s, early 60s at a time when interracial couples it was not safe to be public like an interracial couple. So you have a black man yeah, and a white woman that are married and, they risk that. and they're hiding it and they get abducted by aliens. They gain nothing by going to the media and reporting their story, but they're just like, fuck it. We have to tell people this. And so when you read cases like that and look at the time period from which it came from wholeheartedly, like mm-hmm. that to me, that's a credible story. I'm going to put more faith in that. Then, uh, you know, the fire in the sky guy who was just like, I got abducted by Nazis and I saw ships and bald people and uh, I took some LSD. And it's like, uh, what happened? I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> Travis Walton, your story keeps changing, but you're going to see the devil. I mean, I like the Hollywood version better because that movie gave me the creeps when I was a fucking kid. But then I mm-hmm. like actually deep diver story and I'm like. Maybe you hit your head on the toilet like Doc Brown and you just imagine this whole thing. I, I don't know. Like, But you go back a little bit further in time in a decade and you're like, I'm going to go shit. with the LSD, bud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you took LSD and expanded your mind and saw some shit you weren't supposed to see, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that credibility, I mean, I, I go for newspapers, dude. <laughs> That's what I look for. And, and I mean, all these stories. Right, yeah, I got to get that, uh, what do you call that? The... Uh, in the library, you look through the um, what's it called? The film, the um, Rolodex. No, not the Rolodex. The what do you call that shit? You got to go through like the little turning knob thing in it. Uh, I want to call it hyper. They call it film. 
No, it's called something else. Yeah, they just like call it the hyperfill. No, it's, uh, it's I think a, they just call. It I will bet you a nickel. Yeah. Somebody in chat knows. Come on, Lazarus. You know. Like Come on, bro. A microfige. That's what it was. Stack nailed it. Um, you just with everything, you got to suspend your disbelief there for a second, you know. And worst case, these are just really fun, fantastic tales to distract us for a little while, and you know, give you just that little glimmer of hope that maybe something, one of these, you know, ten thousand stories we share, one of them might just be real. But but to kind of go back and circle back to Matt's question about you know credibility. This is the really dangerous, slippery slope you have is like, you know, I'm I'm six or ten years old, whatever. And I'm reading a book in the grade school library about Betty and Barney Hill. And I'm just like, gee, golly, mister, they got abducted by aliens. And then you fast forward 30 years later and we've had so much time to dig into this shit. And you're like, no, he wasn't just a black man. He was Ethiopian. And, you know, this, that and the other. And the government was in on it and all this kind of shit. And then Roswell, it's like, no, they weren't aliens, son. They were, you know, um, Hydrocef people that had their eyeballs cut off and, you know, sunglass lenses taped to their face. And we dropped them from 30,000 feet just to see what would happen. And all these crazy stories have, if nothing else, just gotten crazier. And, you know, Flatwoods Monster, was it a military experiment? It's it's just fucking crazy. So that's the other side of the coin is like, I just wanted to kind of dip my toes in, get about knee deep. And then when you fully submerge, you're just like, oh, fuck, everything's terrifying. The government sucks. Um, they're in on it, too. And, you know, I'm going to sleep with my eyes open. Well, Matt has a follow-up question. Given that there are generally no shortage of weird things going on in the world, do you prefer researching Cryptid Encounter episodes over strange news episodes? Um, I said there's nothing better to me personally. Cryptid Encounters. <laughs> there's, to me, there's nothing better than doing this great creepy monster or cryptid deep dive. So my answer is going to be cryptid encounter episodes. But sometimes, Matt, the week gets away from you. It's 45 minutes till recording time. And you're just like, fuck it. They're getting news stories today, folks. <laughs> yep. That's how the what sausage is made. We're not prepared. So we're going to yeah. talk about the news. Yep. You know when there's a three-parter, we've been writing that thing for weeks. <laughs> when there's a news story, yeah. one of us got off work late or forgot. <laughs> yeah. Press and counterpoint. That's when I promised Sean I'd write an episode, and then I'm like, oh, hey, remember I promised you I'd have that episode done? Yeah, Go yeah. fuck yourself. And he's like, all right, news it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Steve, what do you think, man? What do you enjoy doing more? Do you like the deep dives and news stories or what? I prefer the ones where we do, like, kind of deep dives and we do the voices and stuff. Yeah. And yep. you just get the lines. That that's the where uh, it keeps yep. me engaged. It's the type of thing. Um, so yeah, that's that's the one I like. But the the cryptid episodes are really I cool too. Agree. Appreciate the question, man. Everybody. Yeah, dude. And then he follows that up with uh, he just wants to throw in a thank you for diving into his hometown legend of the Charman back on that listener submission episode. So fuck yeah, the Charman story is fucking bonkers. Fuck yeah. And um, if you don't know what the Charman is, folks, start back at episode zero and work your way up till you find it. <laughs> Because I don't know what episode it was. You want to know? You want to know what's crazy? Huh. Is uh, you may be getting a little return of him on the big screen because Charman is a registered character in the movie Beetlejuice. Oh He's next wow! To, yeah, uh, Adam, played by Mr. Baldwin. He says, "Want a cigarette? No, thank you. I'm trying to cut down myself. That's him. That's yep. Charman. Yep. Douglas Turner, who played him." And, uh, yeah, so they they have officially announced the Beetlejuice 2. Yeah, yeah. With uh, the amazing... Um, Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega is, as... Uh, what's Lydia Deeds' daughter. Lydia's daughter. Yeah. And so Michael Keaton's in. Yeah. 
and I'm assuming the other two will be as well. So fuck yeah, man. Let's that go. Would be awesome. So yeah, so hopefully hopefully they bring back yep. Charman. That'd be so awesome, man. Cuz the, the whole line is just so good. I'm trying to cut down myself. <laughs> the only thing that sucks, yeah, Sylvia Sidney will not be there to play the character that kind of lets everybody in and out of limbo or whatever it was, you know, the old lady. Oh, I had a little accident myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yep, she was the one who um also played the grandma in yeah. Mars Attacks that my grandma was the uh, double for. No shit. Yeah, man, Sylvia Sidney. Yep. That's awesome. Well, we're coming up on the hour 20 minute marker, folks. What do you say we sign out of this thing with another a listener story? Speaking of cryptids. So this one came to me on Instagram, actually. I had a guy reach out to me about some artwork, wondering if I had ever done any Mothman artwork. And um, with that, we talked about the podcast. He's a listener. And I just shot the same response I shoot to anybody who says, by the way, listen to your show. Got any weird stories you want to share with me that I can read on the show? So this story comes from Sven. He says, well, that's a coincidence, as I'm currently listening to episode 200, so listening to a listener story episode while I ask you about a listener story. Truth be told, I still don't have much of an explanation, and I've overanalyzed the shit out of it. But there was this one time on my way home from work, out near the Hollis Crossroads in Alabama. It was about a solid 14 to 16 mile drive on a two-lane road between that area and the town I'm in now. It's one of those dark-ass roads like only illuminated by your headlights or one or two cars you pass. Anyways, I left work after closing the store at 10 p.m. on my way home about halfway through the drive. The road kind of goes down a grade a bit before going around a curve, where the left side of the road opens up into a larger field, and the right side is moderately wooded. As I was coming out of the curve, I saw a small light off in the distance, where there wasn't normally a light. So I was kind of pulling my inner strength into my looking balls to see what it was. I love that, the looking balls. (laughs) Before I could process what I was seeing, it looked like a dog. But at the moment, it didn't look like a dog. I noticed it had longer limbs than most dogs I know, actually larger all around. I have a great Pyrenees, and it was a medium-sized dog compared to that thing. But that's not what got me. It had, like, backward-facing knees. It was on all fours, but it wasn't normal. You know Professor Lupin from Harry Potter when he turns into a werewolf? Yeah, it looks something like some form of that, like brownish fur. Did the legs walk like in that movie, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen? (laughs) Yeah, that's fucked. I know what you're talking about. Is that that what he's talking about? Yeah, backward-facing knees. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. Oh, fuck. So they could jump better? However, I could see muscle tone to a point. I ain't trying to catch that fade. (laughs) Crossed the road in what seemed to be just three steps and jumped off the side down the fielded area. It didn't move like anything I've ever seen, and I watched Animal Planet. (laughs) They don't cover any of that. Oh yeah, I don't know if it was headlights reflecting on its eyes or what, but it had a yellow hue. So about two years ago was the first time I ever heard the mention of Dogman. I'm not saying it was a Dogman, but yeah, wild. I still don't know what it was, but I can't make rational sense out of it. I don't know what I saw, but I know I saw something that still baffles me today. Oh yeah, it's not really paranormal, but yeah, 
that should have gone at the very beginning of the story. I disagree, dude. Fucking werewolves are paranormal, so you made the cut, buddy. Sven, thanks for sending that in, dude, and thanks for being a listener, and thank That's all awesome. you guys for list being, uh, being listeners. It's fantastic, but... And that would be terrifying as fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Just and, like, a bit. I, yeah, and when you drive those old roads, like, you know what lights are supposed to be there, who has, you know, their pack porch light on, stuff like that. So I can kind of understand, like, wait, that's not there. It's like me at late at night playing video games and I hear a noise and I'm like, that's not a normal noise that this house makes. Well, guys, I say we draw the line there. Yeah, sounds and good. call it for this episode and we will continue on next episode. But for now, Steve, you got anything to plug, buddy? Um, not really, just... Uh... Same old things. I mean, not not really anything. <laughs> hey, fair. Sometimes yeah. no news is good news, man. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for jumping back in with us, man. I hope yeah. you can. Thanks for having me on. It's a lot yeah, of fun. You ain't never gone, but I like the live interaction. It's a lot of fun. Uh, shout it's out pretty to pretty cool, huh? Shout out to the people keeping the, the chat live. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that that's who I'll shout out. Uh, Lazarus, Kevin, Stack. Uh, who was in there? Pixie was in there. Some other people in there. Kevin uh, building Legos. <clears throat> so of paying attention to the yeah, show. Kevin's building yeah. Legos. John and Leslie were watching. Everybody yep. else, Katie's, Katie was watching, but she didn't chat. Like, oh, good, man. I got it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so shout out to all those people. That's really cool. I've been wanting to do this live stuff for a while. I was yeah. I was telling these guys to do that. We should have done that a long time ago. So I'm glad yep. they finally made the the. The, the move to it, that is the move. That's the way. Preston, you look really good with the, the ghost outlines and shit. That looks tight, man. I'm really, really <laughs> proud of the, your setup you got going on, too. So Yeah, it's a setup that keeps evolving, too. Like, for a minute, the first one is pretty bare bones, and the second one, he's like, hey, I can get these moving GIFs on the side. Then he's like, check out this frame, and just kept building and building and building. And then we met he's Lazarus. Lying. Yeah, we met Lazarus and did our recording with him, and he's got, like, animations on screen, and Preston's just like, well, fuck me. i got to figure out how to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Lazarus, uh, we're going to have to email back and forth. And, no, uh, that's that's the best thing up. about uh, creating yeah. on uh, on anything, on any platform, YouTube, yeah. when creators get together and actually learn from each other yep. and shit. It's the way it should be, man. It's the way it should oh, be. Oh, my son's on the chat. He oh, says no. I look nice. Oh, what's yeah. up, Blake? What up, Blake? Awesome. Long time, buddy. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Blake's a little badass, and so is Addy. Um, tell them hi for us, Preston. Tell them the boys say what's up. Yeah, Steve, I'm glad you're back, man. Um, the seat's still yours, buddy, so you're welcome back always and every time and any time, man. So Cool, man. Well, just keep sending me invites and let me know what the episode's about, yeah. and I'll try to get on. Yeah, and I mean, I'm hoping we get back on a little bit more regular scheduled recording. We want to try to do these, like, you know, Monday nights or something like that, but... Um, this, I call it this semester cause that's what it is with Shayla being in nursing school. Um, you know, a lot of study nights, you know, I, I would cook for him and do stuff like that. So we kind of recorded when we can, but, um, also I want to give a big shout out to my wife and all of her fellow classmates, um, for passing semester two of nursing school. It was yeah. quite the bear cat and they all, what a feat. I know, right. They did phenomenal. So super proud of her and all of them. So. Well, if you're on the social medias, please give us a follow on the Instagrams at PXL Paranormal on Facebook, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. If you got a story you want to share with us, because we'd love to do more listener story episodes, please send your stories to 
pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. You can send those over and we can share those. Give us your name. Say you want to stay anonymous. It doesn't matter to us. We just want to share those stories. Also, we've got our Google Voice. You can leave us a message at 913-662-3144. Hit us up. We'd love to hear your voices. Preston, talk to me about YouTube, buddy. What do you think? Dude, we're up to like 260 subscribers, so we gained like two since last time we recorded, so fuck yeah. How many? 258? 260. We're 258 last time. Okay, yeah, we did. We did. Net net gain of two, brother. Net gain of two. (laughs) Needle's moving, baby. The needle's moving. That's all that matters. Needle's moving. (laughs) Needle's moving. That's all that matters. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Look, folks, you're, you're probably watching this live, looking at all these bearded faces mm-hmm. and you're like how in the sweet baby jesus do they make everything look that good well this just didn't happen overnight no seven years i sean and steve have been lathering big dobbs beard bomb in our beard and if you look at this luscious man man not only does it smell good but it's soft it's silky it glistens <laughs> in the sun and if you want to have a beard like that it's going to take work it's going to take effort so you need to do yourself a favor. You need to get on your phone, get on your computer, and go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And use promo code. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> promo code T-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. I myself love Bay Rum. I love, you know, citrus, mint, cla- hell, I love them all. Sweet tobacco? Mm, yeah. Get it all. Get it adopted. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing Bay Rum today as well, man. Um, also, in the Wichita area, please stop by and see our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post, Pawnee, and Seneca. And also, look up the Paranormal.Cafe and the Paranormal Egg Experience. Those are our friends over. Uh, they got a food truck and now a brick and mortar that uh, they're rocking and rolling in. So we're super Hell stoked yeah. to give them. Fuck yeah. Let's go. All right, well, I'm going to raise up this glass. I got a little bit of this 2016 Bigfoot Barley Wine. Preston's drinking the same thing. Um, this was from the same year that our show started, so happy seven-year anniversary. Steven, you're sucking back a Ozark Trail? Uh, Kroger. Water. Okay. <laughs> Kroger <laughs> water. water. Yeah, yeah. Steven's drinking responsibly this evening. Yeah, so we finished this bad boy off. Cheers to the weird shit in the world knows of us. I'd love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.